stick to a form. Welcome to episode six. Oh yeah, six. Six, uh, episode six. Siete. No, we are here not, with not episode not yeah. seven. Seven. No, that's seven. seven. Episode six, episode six. What's the Spanish word for episode? Episode. Matt. Episodo. Episodo seis. Or is it seis episodo? Day. Oh seis day. Anyway, it's episode seven. <laughs> hey, Aaron, what yes. do we got coming up on the uh, uh, episode here? I quit. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I thought we weren't even going to make it to episode seven. No, well, we haven't we yet. We haven't yet. And this is a perfect example. Here we go. Episode six, okay. Lost on the River from Herzog Studios. I'm Aaron Sharp. This is Elias Leisring. That's Bill Furby. That's me. Matt Spaulding Howdy. over there, so. engineering, mm-hmm. mixing, yeah. all those good things. Everybody and sounds... Hopefully um, editing most of this out. I will do. Yeah, we'll do. We are back. Exciting episode. We've got Joseph in the house. These yeah. guys are so good. Yeah. Can't wait to hear those guys play. And then really interesting conversation coming up with Ryan Hall uh, from Tome to the Weather Machine, his blog, and Whited Sepulchre Records. Yeah. So stick around for that. But first, let's get into our, let's dive into our Herzog history. Oh, yeah. With the one and only Bill Furby. Take it away, Bill. Well, that's you're, you're setting up an awful big I moment am. here. Yeah. Plus, I well, thought we were so going to better deliver. I thought that we were going to have sound effects in place by episode six for when Billy does his historic moments. Mm-hmm. Like we would have like a wayback machine sound or I, something. Like, maybe there's always there's always episode seven. Now, as, as, as a lot of the visitors of this Herzog space probably know, and they they hear us share, we like to see contemporary musicians in here to celebrate the history so that the history itself isn't just a series of black and white photographs that it intersects and interacts with uh, artists still doing the, doing the thing. Uh, And on, on that note, May, 2013, uh, we were guested here at the space nearly five years ago. Time flies. Don't Mm. I can't believe that Patty Smith was in Cincinnati. Uh, for uh, the Coral Sea, a, uh, uh, a show at the Contemporary Arts Center exhibit and a performance at Memorial Hall. Uh, that show, the only location was Cincinnati, and uh, seemingly may have been because uh, it dealt with themes of death, life, and transformation, uh, largely around her relationship with Robert Maplethorpe. Uh, yeah, and uh, of course, Maplethorpe, uh, his perfect moment exhibit, uh, Controversy, in 1990, uh, when uh, the CSC director... Yeah, yeah. So that's the connection there. Uh, and uh, uh, Elliot, uh, co-founder of, of the Music Heritage Nonprofit Foundation, was working at the CAC at the time, uh, and uh, found During out- the Maplethorpe exhibit or during Patty Smith's? Patty visit? Smith's. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Elliot got word that that Patty, uh, along with her daughter and pianist accompaniment Jesse and her guitarist Tony Shanahan, were looking for a room and a piano to rehearse. Now we happen to have a piano here at the Herzog space, and uh, not just any piano. Uh, rumored to be uh, in the room at the building next door when Hank Williams was in town uh, recording. He did two sessions here, of course, uh, forty-eight and forty-nine. Uh, so. Uh, the offer was made to Patty Smith and Camp that, uh, by all means, would, would this be suitable? Uh, they were uh, thrilled to hear about the Hank Williams history, 
uh, not just uh, his session, but the the piano being here and that connection. Uh, and uh, Tony had asked uh, Elliot if there was any chance that My Bucket's Got a Hole in It was recorded here, which it was one of the songs that Hank Williams had recorded here. Uh, so the next day, uh, Elliot uh, and, and his wife and daughter met Patty, Jesse, and Tony here uh, at the Herzog space. Uh, and uh, Elliot spent some time showing them the room, sharing some of the history of the nonprofit uh, and, and some of the other things that happened here. Uh, he had just uh, read her book, Just Kids, and uh, acknowledged understanding that she used to sing the Hank Williams song, I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry, at the Chelsea Hotel, per request to Harry Smith. Uh, and that uh, he, of course, made her aware that that song was recorded. Legendary Hotel in New York. Yeah, and of course that song was, uh, in fact, recorded here at the Herzog space. Uh, so uh, Patty, uh, when she visited the space, uh, the room here, she went straight to the Hank Ballard piece that we have signed. She was in awe of it. And Wait, what, uh, what, what was the piece? What we, Describe the piece. It's a signed photograph. Okay. Yeah. Right. Of course, then then uh, the main attraction showing off the piano here, and that's connection to Hank, Hank Williams. Uh, they all pulled up chairs to the piano to begin rehearsing. They were the only ones in the building at that point as Elliot left the room, left them to do their thing. Uh, and then uh, at that Memorial Hall performance, her encore was a, a cover of I'm So Lonesome I Could, could Cry, sharing with the uh, audience, uh, of course, the, her time here at the Herzog Space and that uh, that that song's Cincinnati roots, and uh, certainly one one of one of our more remarkable visitors here, mm-hmm. uh, and a story that we we do enjoy retelling. Uh, so that's Very that's cool that's yeah. I just thought I'd share that. So we've and got a recording of her. Patty Smith. We have a snippet, I believe, right? We, we have a little snippet of her performing that at, at Memorial Hall, and I believe, and we might also be able to share the uh, the Hank Williams original. Yeah, we'll go ahead and yeah, yeah we'll play the uh, we'll do the snippet, and then we'll listen yeah. to the Hank's version for fun. And, right. and and I believe uh, the the Coral Sea was also an album that she did in collaboration with uh, Kevin Shields of My Bloody Valentine. Oh, nice! Interesting that Cincinnati was the only. Spot for that show, given the Maplethorpe. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for our young listeners out there, um, do, can we um, expand a bit on the? I mean, that was a big deal, Maplethorpe. That was crazy. Simon Lease. Yeah, it, it was a it was, pretty was crazy the, uh, thing for the city at the time. Yeah, yeah, that was like almost a constitutional crisis. Yeah, yeah, in the United States, and they were and Patty and Robert Maplethorpe were really good friends. Yes, uh, and lived together. And yes, yes, yeah, in New York City. Yeah. Well, let's hear the track. We're going to hear a piece of Patti Smith performing live, I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry by Hank Williams. It was her encore after she had uh, been rehearsing here at Herzog Studios. And then we'll hear the original version of the song by Hank Williams, I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. Sounds too blue to fly. The midnight 
train is whining low I'm so lonesome I could cry I've never seen a night so long When time goes crawling by The moon just went behind the clouds To hide its face and cry Hank Williams with I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry recorded right here at Herzog Studios back in, do we have the year on that? It was 1949. 1949. Before that, it was Patti Smith, uh, a snippet of her performance of the same song in Memorial Hall in Cincinnati in 2013 after she had been here at Herzog Studios that day uh, rehearsing for that performance. Very cool stuff. Thanks again to Bill Furby, as always, for that Herzog history moment. Well, it's my pleasure. And now we're joined by our good friends, Joseph. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. So what's going on? What's happening with you guys uh, in terms of what's new, music on the way? Well, we're uh, getting ready to unveil a, uh, a live album and a studio album, and we're uh, currently polishing up and getting ready to record another it'll be a double album yeah and we'll introduce you guys of course joey hi joey joseph hi and pierce yeah the the titular joseph i'm pierce i my name means nothing (laughs) you get to have the is the name joseph named after you i yeah and i actually did i did want to remark on the fact that i like that there are two spellings on this uh sheet don't, of of don't. Joseph and well, the second a, one. The hu- there's the right don't. spelling, so we don't get confused. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Should we discuss the spelling? Yeah. 
I think there's a no. funny story Joyce behind like, it. Whatever. No, not if really. You want to. <laughs> yes. So is is there a story behind that? My birth certificate is spelled Joesph. Really? And uh, I just thought. That's funny. That, yeah. <laughs> Where were you born? Well, no. That's Texas. I know. I didn't know if you were born out of the country and it was a. Like a. Just a no. an uncommon name yeah. to whoever was typing. Right. So it, it was, was a legitimate. Yeah. It was Wait, a legitimate it was, typo. It was a legit like, typo. I think it was a legitimate, um, like brain. Like I think that the person who decided that I would be named this thought that this was an accepted spelling. The funny thing is, is I didn't notice on our paperwork here, which is extensive though, as it may be, that it was misspelled. <laughs> I corrected it visually, mm. and then I looked at... That's the power of the human brain. Yeah. Yeah, gestalt. Cool. Is that why you did that? Ignore the, ge- the songs. This band is an exercise in the how miraculous effect. the human <laughs> brain is. I thought you guys were trying to be a clever, like, you know, like Quickie Mart, spelled with a K. Um, uh, okay. But there's actually a story behind it, so they may, that, that's, that's good. That makes it even better. That's good. funny that everybody has their own little interpretation, because what I actually thought was that there was another Joseph, and you didn't want to tread tread on their feet. Well, or, we can we can we can go down that route too. <laughs> well, or originally you were Joseph funny spelled enough. the, funny the correct that. way or the assumed correct way and then realized later that uh-oh, I can't be this Joseph because there's another Joseph so I'm going to change it. But really it happened in in Texas I in was I was releasing uh, music as Joey Cook and then she almost won the American Idol. With her Joey Cook. That wasn't you? Accordion. I was tuning in and everything. I can't what? play accordion. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was, I spent all those yeah. nights. And yeah. then, there's the, in, then there's, there's the band of sisters. <laughs> yeah, from yeah. the West Coast. Well, the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. Named Joseph. I think it's named after her, uh, their uncle or grandfather or something like that. Oh, okay. That's See, that's disappointing because I thought, well, mine means something to me. They're just... They just Joseph. pulled a random name. There's out no of way they care. Maybe. And then there's not. then there's the other local Joseph, who also spells his name wrong. Who's phenomenal? Who's phenomenal? Uh, JSPH. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is not about him. Well, we can definitely talk about him <laughs> no, because his music is excellent. Yeah, I, he is man. really good. A lot of good <laughs> Josephs <laughs> making a lot of good Joseph music. Can we play a song from the other Joseph? Would that be all right? That would be. Oh, please. Every other Joseph. Please do. You yeah. know what else? And I've got a, I've got a twist on it too. There's another person in Cincinnati, and his first name is Yusef. And isn't that a, mm. a yes. version of Joseph? It I is. Think so yeah. that sounds right. Because J is yeah. Y, and and he like I don't know. Yeah. Is that yeah. right or wrong? Who knew? It's, who knew there were so many. Josephs, yeah. In the uh, in the music biz, it's not like it's a common name. Tell me the story behind Joseph the band, how it came together, how you guys met. Pierce and I knew each other from a different band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, James. but these songs, yes. Uh, Pierce and Joey. <laughs> Pierce and Joey is that? <laughs> it was kind of a. That wasn't the name of the band, anyway. Uh, but the songs have been a long, around for a long, long time. Yeah, I guess so. Are these your original songs? Yeah, Joey. I'm I'm pointing to you because they can't see this. Yeah, but great. Joey's on your right. And then did Pierce, Pierce, your Pierce help you write these songs, or did you come in and then add to that um, a little bit? The most recent song that uh, we kind of uh, released, uh, I got a job. Pierce and Devin helped kind of finish writing. Devin plays the drums. Devin Glista. Devin plays the drums. 
and the newer and then say from moving forward will will it be more collaborative or do you do you see yourself continuing to probably be not the... i can't <laughs> <laughs> no nah, he he's I right i appreciate your honesty yeah no he's <laughs> it's it's he's a cruel task i mean some people some this bands is... some bands write complete kind of together and sometimes there's just one person that's writing the songs and then everybody else is filling in to we, match. we would be in real trouble if joey wasn't writing 98 percent of all the songs <laughs> i mean i know joey's prolific he's been writing music for exactly. 20 years oh. yeah absolutely wow. maybe longer oh man but that is that is essentially how the band came about um the other band that we were in uh dissolved um uh and rapidly <laughs> well not with, uh, without glory or anything um well. and but all these songs existed and joey was very um and I and allow me to speak for you. Uh, was very interested in making sure these songs had a life after the previous band. And uh, I said, "Well, I'm bored and sad, so I'll absolutely play some songs with you." Uh, I thought the songs were okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were fine. But then I came and really helped make them shine. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you took it to the next level. Yeah. 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 Well, none of them had. You know, they didn't have bass yet. They didn't have bass. Yeah. Not not when he tried to play them live by himself. They didn't have bass. Yeah. So I, so I helped out. Well, it's hard to play lots of different instruments at the same time. Well, not for this guy. I mean, that's why we named the band after him. That's a tough... Uh, I mean, who would name... Essentially, a band's a business. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious... How egotistical do you have to be to name your business after yourself? Oh, there's some yeah, serious I mean, ego at play. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. It's, it's, I've I've always said that. Good news is it's not going to follow you or precede you everywhere you go. Right. So you got that going for you. <laughs> well, you could change the name slightly. Yeah, or you could go by Joey and name your business Joseph. Right. Yeah. Mm. Or be like Elias and name your business Eli, something like that. No, I hadn't thought of that. Just throwing it out there. Oh. oh. <laughs> Wow! Did you ever go by Eli? Yeah, I did actually. Okay. I I I I grew up under the name Eli, and when I moved to Asheville, yes, then couldn't let I didn't know anybody. Couldn't get through the episode, could we? (laughs) Well, incidentally, the first time I ever met Joey was in Asheville. Shut up! So there's a true. See, true. Did there's I, a did reason I meet to you as Eli or Elias. You met me as Elias. Okay. Because um. When I moved to Asheville, I I was like, hey, you know, Wait, seriously, I want to go by my first met in Asheville. Yeah. Absolutely, but we cannot get through an episode. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, though, is that it's a great town. That it's is a great town. That is true. <laughs> in fact, the how it happened was a friend of mine living in Cincinnati knew knew that I was booking shows in Asheville at this bar that I was working at, and he was a like, new hey. French bar. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, yeah, I got this. My my buddies are this band, and they're really really good, and they really awesome music. And can you can you book them? We a were show? amazing. You guys were, and you're, you're underselling it. I they were amazing, except they didn't have mics or mic stands. Yeah, so we show up on our first tour. We get out of the van. They're like, well, well you guys didn't bring microphones and stands and cables and a PA. And, no, 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 and no, a no, sound no. guy and lights and no, 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 stage. Yeah, <laughs> he's embellishing. And a crowd. Wait, there's two. There's okay. There's there's a few things I want to point beer, out. Guitars. <laughs> there's a few clothes. things. There's a few things I want to point out about about the show. <laughs> so <laughs> we're we're a bar. Yes. Not fair a enough. not a venue. <laughs> Correct. But they okay. book shows. But I've we been book there shows many times. 
A. B, yeah. <laughs> we had the cables and a PA and a sound guy. So really, we, we were the idiots. So the only thing that we, we, we didn't have was their vocal mics, which, oh. which I, I, I see now that... It's a little ridiculous <laughs> not to have a couple of 58s lying around. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So, but we got them for you. I got them. You did. No problem. We got the Thank mics. You. This is getting and so inside baseball. We had it. a great show. They had a great show, and everybody paid attention and danced, and it was nice. Somebody and, uh, threw a shoe at us. You had to run next door to the beer. That's so was a that great show. In Asheville, so that's they, a sign they, up. They, I like it. It is. It's a, it's a respect thing. Somebody mm-hmm. threw mm-hmm. a shoe. No, this is great. Somebody threw a shoe. So then they came back and played maybe eight months, ten months later. could have been a year. And everybody... Took off their shoes in the bar and oh, put them that. at the band's feet, and oh, yes. the whole bar had a shoeless dance party. That was amazing. You know what? <laughs> we went. We sense. went to. We went to Krispy Kreme after the show. Yes. And we was the hot dug, was we, the hot light on. This is where we were at in both of our careers. Yeah. On we, Patton we Avenue. We went to on Patton Avenue, and we dug through the Jeez. dumpster and dug out trash bags. That was that show. Yeah. I was talking about that the other day. Yeah. I didn't realize that was that same time. Yeah, we dug out. You know, they throw away all the donuts at the end of the night. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Krispy Kreme, they fill trash bags full of perfectly good donuts. We got all it we could carry. <laughs> we went back to the trailer in Swannanoa with trash bags of donuts. Yeah. And, just and the whole time I was thinking, I wonder if anybody spat into this trash bag before they closed it up. I was. That matter. was your biggest concern. That's what I was thinking about, yeah. <laughs> I, w- I will also say exactly. that of that tour, not well, to not respect. to be too harsh, but everybody had microphones for you. That was that was the most like uh, that's one of the most positive memories I have of of that tour. Elias, when we st- when we stayed with you in Asheville or outside of Asheville, Swannanoa, Swannanoa. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, great. Okay, so <laughs> I remember uh, we drove past a cow field pasture to get to the, w- your house. Yeah, and you told us that we needed to. Or that you did sit in the middle of the cow pasture. It's true. And sing or like moo or something, and the cows would come to you. That's true. Is that did I say that right? Yeah, that's true. And the the saddest thing about that is, is I went on with that for a while, thinking that we were onto something, and I found out who's we. Yeah, my roommates. <laughs> so you were with other people. Yeah. When, okay. Yeah, yeah, my right. roommates, right. and then I found out that they just thought we were going to feed them. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. That hadn't occurred to me. That actually either. makes a lot At of sense. At the time, it hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> and, At the time, uh, you thought you were communicating. Mm. Well, it wasn't as much That's communicating. It was more of just like a communing. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. it was interesting to uh, to go for that walk at night and sit down there, yeah. and then they would all just circle around you. So we're going to segue, because at one point, we were talking about playing music. Yes. And we were going to use that as a segue to actually play some music, but then we started talking about cows. So let's get back to that and let's play some music. So maybe, uh, what, do you, what are we going to do here? What do you want to play? We're probably going to we're probably going to play maybe in the morning first. That's a great idea. And All then right. and then we'll either play "I Got a Job" or "Flesh and Flame." This is actually a perfect encapsulation of how the songwriting process goes when we collaborate. <laughs> I did air quotes because it's great for audio. Oh, I heard the air quotes. <laughs> yeah, I heard them. You can hear them. You <laughs> can yeah. just yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where. Yeah, essentially, I I ask a question. Joey's like, "No, let's do it this way." I'm like, "Yeah, that's a much better idea." All right. So, what are we hearing? Again? <laughs> <laughs> You're hearing two songs. Yeah. Maybe in the morning, and I got a job. I got a job. 
Let's do that. All See, right. that was your idea. <gasps> Thanks. Let's do it. Herzog Music on the Lost on the River podcast. Uh, I'm Joey, Joseph, my sister Elisa. Hi. Pierce Snacks Geary on the bass guitar. Pierce Brother Debbie. Uh, Matt Latchaw 
on the on the bongos and the tambourine. And uh Devin the Thunder Glista. Dang it. No, no, no. Just Devin Glista. Devin. <laughs> Just Devin. Yeah, we're Joseph. Alright. I put my hat on backwards so you can see that I mean business, yeah. There isn't any time like the present. Presently, I'm fine, fine. Finally, do they see what I mean? For what I need So I can be what I eat Just more human desire Blades of fire All we require to do our Business, yeah Get in line Do good work But not your work Someone else's work It's just your time Half of your life Can you tell me why And who decides What matters, yeah Now I'm feeling sick Have we been tricked Into business Business Give them the business Watch out, honey I'm a businessman Got my good suit on Can anyone hear me? Am I all alone up here? Oh my god, I might be.
Oh, thanks. All right, Joseph performing live at Herzog Studios for Lost on the River. Uh, great set there, guys. Uh, what did we just hear? Thanks. Uh, we played uh, Maybe in the Morning first, and then I Got a Job, and they're uh, two of the three newest uh, singles that we've made public. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to ask you guys about your influences. Our, our, our esteemed producer, Matt Spalding, pointed out that uh, he felt a little bit of uh, dead milkman in there. And I, cool. and I was hearing something, and I, it wasn't until he said it that I realized that that's what I felt like I was hearing. <laughs> um, and I don't know if, that was in, if there's any intentional, uh, if that was intended at all, or if, if that's an influence for you, or just purely coincidence. But what are your do you have? In, yeah, do you have influences, or are you uninfluenceable? I, I only listen to my own music. Well, that, your band uh, is named Joseph, so you're true. influenced by yourself. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I, no, I, I, I have never heard. I will listen to the Dead Milkmen when I leave. Now I, you will, but you never have. I don't think I've ever heard them. Which Interesting. Is, Me neither. I don't know. Anymore. I want to start admitting things. Yeah, cool. It's okay. See, yeah. it's fine. I saw no, the shirt. You can't for experience a long time. everything, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like late seventies acoustic punk kind of stuff, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, they're great. Um well, Pierce knows everything, so I do. Um, <laughs> and he knows that he knows well that. everything about the Dead Milkman. So you hit on a very good topic for me. But no, that song is not influenced by them at all. So <laughs> who are enough. the influences? Well, I don't. I mean, it seems like it's because you said Dead Milkman. I think you're hitting at the right uh, era, mm-hmm. um, at least for a lot of the kind of newer music, like kind of. Anything that some proto punk kind of stuff or uh, garagey, glammy. There's a loose, jangly sort of. Yeah, feel absolutely. To it. I, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Well, I like proto punk cool, because cool. it's 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 a little more complicated and technical than just. Punk. Sure. Well, thank you. Yeah. The second the second <laughs> song, uh, the second song, you guys switched up the time partway through. Mm-hmm. I really liked that change. That was really cool. That made that song cool. like really go from. Thanks a lot. Not that I'm, but I'm just personally giving my experience. I really enjoyed that change there. It was like punk rock meets jam band. Yeah, it was cool. Oh, interesting. I wouldn't say that. That's what he said. I'm not. That's not Uh, trademark. Oh, I see how it is. We diverged. You don't don't have my back on this. No, we diverged. That's okay. That's cool. (laughs) No, so so what's coming up? You got so we got uh, Bach Fest this weekend playing mm -hmm. in Motor with the Harlequins. That's going to be awesome. It is going to be awesome. And you said you were working on a live album and a studio album at the same time. Is this going to be packaged together in like a Kiss double platinum kind of thing, or what's? Oh, maybe we should do that. Where yeah, was the I'd love where, to go where, double where was the live Where was the live album recorded? That was one of the things earlier yeah. per- performed. That is an excellent question. Isn't we not allowed bar. to know? Well, the new French bar. You're gonna new French. Bar. It's yeah. An, it, yeah. No, just. It was in Asheville, just Asheville, all of Asheville. Oh, it was the in the middle of Asheville. All of Asheville was there. Well, it. We're just gonna say it's the live album. We have a weird. We can't. We're like not supposed to say where it was recorded. Is it possible that <laughs> it could it's be kind multiple of venues? Because anybody ever done a live album? That's like. Oh yeah, most fans do. They sewn together and from, yeah, take their okay. best. We didn't do that. Well, we that's did kind of mailing. We it did in, something it? like that. It was definitely recorded yeah. over a long period of time, but all in the same place. So that that's honestly all that we can just wait for it. It'll it'll come out soon, and and you'll be like, oh oh, now we that makes sense. we understand all the secrecy. I'm excited. Other than that, I, we're I an open book. Will. Ask there's, us any other question besides there are very where we many, recorded our live there's album. There's not that many surprises anymore, so that's what we're it's saying. nice to know. All right, so a live album and a studio album. Can you tell us where the studio album was recorded? It was recorded in my 
room. Yeah. Your bedroom? Yeah. Living room? My basement? old my old bedroom. Any room. Nice. It was a bedroom. All right. Yeah. I Any old room. Push the yeah. mattress up against the wall and you sure. know, what everybody does. Do we have release dates? Uh everything when's, is it gonna, kind when's of, the album gonna drop? Okay, so dropping the as far as <laughs> album dropping goes the droppings will occur at Mar uh spring. Hopefully we're hoping to get the live album out this spring the spring, spring still. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And then the the studio uh probably the early, studio album. Early summer. <laughs> I hope so. Midsummer. There's some stuff to get in the Yeah, the for thing it. is I'm we always try to come out with a banger um of a a uh, an event around uh any releases and that's hard to plan and make interesting. So And I I like to do like a like an interesting feeling uh like, you know, package that mm. feels like there's a reason to not just get it on iTunes, like something that you'll sure. want to have. So uh all going to be on standard like Vinyl record. Actually, no. I can't afford that. Be on no. vinyl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's very. Expensive. I did that. I did that once, and they're all sitting in my basement getting warped. So, I'm <laughs> as awesome as it sounds, <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah, yeah. it's the warped vinyl feeling. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a bummer. I'll probably stick with tapes for a little bit. And yeah, it's a it's download. A, it's an excellent an- analog yeah. format. Yeah, for sure. um, cassette tapes. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm like in the process of. I have some friends helping, including. Pierce getting uh, some, you know, some kind of special feeling things that don't usually come with an album that'll make it feel hopefully like interesting and exciting and like a little more. Have you thought like maybe doing a scratch and sniff? Like if you. Honestly, uh, 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 everything's on the table. So that's great. The music speaks for itself, man. It's fantastic. Tunes are fantastic. They're extremely awesome. Yeah. Love it. You guys are playing this weekend, Friday night at Motor Pub. Yep. Bachfest weekend, along mm-hmm. with the Harlequins. Yep. That's going to be a great, great show. It is going to be. Their new songs no are amazing. Oh, yeah. The Harlequins I'm are like, fantastic. Yeah. That's going to be so much fun. Free show, as always, of course, at Motor Pub. Motor. Love Motor. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything mm-hmm. else uh, lined up in terms of shows that we should know about, or is that all to come? Uh, yeah. Do we have anything else booked in Cincinnati? Mm. We're doing the uh, Adjust Your Eyes Festival again this oh, nice. summer, which yeah. will be a lot of fun. I, we don't have a date for Nick sure. Nick Mitchell does a great job. Man, he's awesome. With that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's really cool. Yeah, um, I guess we don't have anything confirmed for a couple months. So, um, All right, well, where, where, where can folks go to find out what's happening? Facebook.com slash Sounds. Which is J-O-E-S-P-H. Yeah. Sounds. Sorry. Cool. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a ton for coming, Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks for having us. What's the name of this one? Uh, We're going to play Flesh and Flame from the next album, which is called I Dreamed You Were My Lover. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Ow. is the road that leads to distraction Sweet are the words of the deceiver Carefully we go down the hillside to the city of flesh and flame Never knowing what
Thanks again to Joseph. Great set from those guys. Uh, always appreciate these guys coming in and, and, and entertaining us. And my goodness, we are so lucky to be able to do what we do and hear that kind of great live music, especially local music here on Lost on the River. Uh, we're back with our next guest, Ryan Hall of Tome to the Weather Machine blog and Whited Sepulchre Records. Sep Sepulchre Records. <laughs> you got it. I got N it? Nailed it. All right. Nailed it. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Ryan, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about 
Home to the Weather Machine. Yeah. Some history with that and, and projects you've been involved sure. with through that. Sure. Uh, so Home to the Weather Machine is a blog that I started in 2009, like every other English major um, in 2009. <laughs> why why not start a music blog, right? And it, the, the difference, I think, between me um, and most people who started blogs in 2009 is I don't know when to quit. Um, and so Tone of the Weather Machine has existed since then. And it has morphed uh, from a, uh, a site that featured multiple writers writing in-depth music reviews to pretty much me just playing an hour's worth of music and uh, not talking. So it's, it's kind of morphed into a podcast itself, um, which you can find on Mixcloud. Your music or other people's music? Other people's music. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. yeah, God, no, not, not my music. Um, yeah, so I play other, mu- other people's music. I try to focus on um, kind of the... Uh, music selection is mostly ambient drone based um, and experimental um, music so sometimes you can turn it on and it sounds like a vacuum cleaner playing for like you know, 15 minutes so yes. if you're into that kind of stuff no um, but yeah so that that's kind of uh, what I've what I've gravitated towards is um, exploring ambient and and uh, experimental artists and so that's continued on um, and then from my involvement in Tome to the Weather Machine I helped uh, co-run a music festival out in Denver, uh, which is where I'm from originally, called Gold Rush Music Festival. Um, that ran for five years, and we had um, a lot of uh, a lot of really amazing artists come through there. It was a completely DIY music festival uh, that featured headliners like uh, Wolf Eyes and Lawrence English, uh, Picture Plane, Teen Days, How to Dress Well, Mount Erie, um, Good Will Smith, uh, I could clipping, I could, I could go on. Um, so that ended uh, a couple of years ago, and then um, since then I've started a handful of, of labels. Um, one label is called Helligator Records, which exists as a um, a, an, a digital only uh, singles um, label that was started to continuously fund a library at a refugee camp where I was a Peace Corps volunteer. And then Why Did Sepulchre Records, my latest venture, started in 2016, which puts out LPs and cassettes. And you've got some some uh, local artists, regional artists here yeah. on Why Did Sepulchre. Yeah, so my latest release is by uh, Brianna Kelly, um, who records under her own name, um, yeah. and is her solo. Um, th- this, this tape is... Uh, her solo um, release, but she also sings and plays guitar in a band called Softin. Yeah, and Andrew, uh, the drummer for Softin, works downstairs, uh, manages the, the day-to-day with Herzog music. Uh, and uh, uh, when Softin was still known as Brianna Kelly, they performed for our opening weekend. I didn't, real, I didn't realize the name changed. Yeah. A little bit of Herzog history. A little bit of fun fact. A little bit of fun fact. Yeah. So Tome to the Weather Machine, where does, it, where does that name come from? The website, by the way, is is beautiful. It's really oh, well thank done. thank you. It looks fantastic. Thank you. Uh, yes, yeah, so Tome to the Weather Machine is a, I think, a misheard lyric um, off of a song by a band called Aloha. Um, and I think, so I, I believe this is a misheard lyric. I've actually never been, like, courageous enough to, like, look it up. <laughs> um, but I think the lyrics go something like... Uh, a trick of the trade, a season God has made, a tome to the heavens or weather machine. And so I, I found that lyric as like a 
college sophomore, like, you know, just blew your mind, blew my mind, blew my mind. Um, and so, yeah, um, I I wanted something unpronounceable and ungoogleable. Um, (laughs) (laughs) kind of like Joseph. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I thought, why not call it Tome to the Weather Machine? And uh, what's been a really nice byproduct is, um, when people have like contacted me to have uh, music, um, you know, like written about or, or um, heard on the on the blog, it's amazing to like get the different like pronunciation, you know, like uh, tomato to the weather machine, and and so kind of as a as a joke to um, to introduce the podcast, I've had a bunch of friends and, and musician friends um, just completely butcher. Um, the tone of the weather machine is like a buffer, you know. So it's like, hey, this is a uh, Marissa Tomei's uh, dream machine. <laughs> so who can forget Marissa Tomei? Yeah. Well, and now, how, how often do you do you update? So um, I, I've been on a really good streak um, of doing one a week, and so I just kind of take a Sunday afternoon and kind of digest all that music that I've been listening to um, over that week and and put it into like an hour long. Um, kind of extended, um, almost like DJ set, which has been really, really fun for me. Um, it's kind of gone through different um, like peaks and valleys of, of activity um, based on m- like my busyness and stuff like that. But um, I'm in a really, like really good place right now of, of, um, of doing about a one a week. So that's okay. really cool because there's a lot of, you know, you're a lot of that music you can't find on your own. And if you don't have time to go out, Especially when it's ambient or experimental like that, where you got to put in seven minutes before it even <laughs> changes right. and starts to move, and you don't, you know, you're moving through it and you're trying to find things. So you've kind of curated that and and put together a, a like a playlist of sorts. To yeah. So I, I really try to focus on international artists and um, like non like cis white dudes, <laughs> you know, which is a little bit hard to like pull out of that orbit um because that's this majority of like you know experimental and, and drone based artists and so um I've, I've had a really fortunate experience of uh people seeking out the tome and, and sharing their music um because it's it tends to focus um on on those artists who might not get uh write-ups in pitchfork or you know other other outlets like that what are you most excited about right now in terms of these artists Oh, uh, probably the the album that has had like the biggest impact on me that I, I shared in not like the last um, two podcasts ago, which actually came out December of 2017, is a uh, a release by Emily Sprague. Um, they put out this really beautiful tape of like um, you know it's like Euro rack synthesizer music, but it has like so much uh, emotion and like and nostalgia that you don't often hear in what can sometimes be a pretty cold sterile genre. So I've really been obsessing over that release. Um, so Emily Sprague, the album is called Water Music. Who who is your tome? Where do you so me as an example? I would come to this site and be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is this is some different stuff. I'm looking for something new. Yeah, I, you don't know the questions to ask, so I don't know to ask about sure. what you're playing and what you're curating. I would never be able to go find it because I don't know that it exists. But so I'm, I'm yeah, I'm really fortunate uh, to be a somewhat passive um, receiver of, of music. Um, a lot of the stuff that I, I feature is either mailed to me um, or emailed to me. 
and it's um, so that, that's been really nice because I you're right. Some of the stuff I've never heard before. I would say like 95 percent of stuff on the tome I've never heard before or I don't have a relationship like with that artist. Now, there's some artists who I, you know, eat up every release they put out. But a lot of times it's the label or the artist themselves emailing me or mailing me like tapes or CDs or records. And so I've been really fortunate to um, just receive that kind of stuff. And um, I, I really like if somebody mails me something physical, like unless it's like totally out of my wheelhouse and doesn't make any sense to be on the tone, like I really want to make sure like I put that on there because also running a label – I know what that's like to mail something kind of into the void and really, really hope that somebody responds. That's crazy. We, my dad and I sat down and we were going through all these old 45s. I mean, stacks and stacks and stacks. Like, I probably have thousands of them. And you put it on and it's got five seconds. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, what is it in this five seconds that I've heard of this tune from the 50s that made me go, and throw it away, literally. Like <laughs> taking this forty-five, and now it's going in the trash. We're not going to keep it because it's terrible. And the next one, which is even a, almost maybe a similar tune, somehow you're like, Dude, "Oh man, this is good." Yeah, especially within ambient music, um, there's only so many variations on a theme that you can do, and so it's hard for me to like really pinpoint when I um, when I open up a Bandcamp or a SoundCloud link. Or I get a tape in the mail. Um, what it is that really like draws me in, and so I almost have to like trust my gut. Um, when, yeah. When when do you go? Oh man, that's just yeah. somebody pounding on a C chord, <laughs> right? Like, over yeah, and over yeah, yeah. again, and you know. But that is part of the genre. Which is fine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that could be fine. Yeah, and, and I. It's hard to pinpoint to like one thing. Um, I, I definitely have like there are um like musical traits that i'm like just innately drawn to like from like an emotional response or um kind of analyzing like the movement of the music that is an, is like a natural draw to me um but i think especially um something like like Brianna Kelly um who the first time i saw her it was just her and um you know an electric guitar with you know no pedals i don't i, I don't think um but there's something innate in in her compositions and in her voice that um, differentiated that from a lot of other things that exist kind of in that in that realm. And then when she sent me these songs um, that she's been working on that are so kind of outside of like that um, kind of like singer songwriter world where it incorporates a lot of like looped vocals and a lot of droning chords and things like that. Um, that there's just something in that, it, it, like especially in, in Brianna's voice, that just like draws you in, and it, the songs feel like kind of worlds within themselves. Like you can kind of just like get in those songs and just kind of like exist. And um, and so th- these songs that she was she was sending me, um, it just made a lot of sense to to put out on, on Why Did Sepulcher that uh, up t- up till then and you know with the exception of a record that i put out last year had kind of exclusively been kind of in that ambient drone like synth world and um and and these songs like they they exist in that world um but they're but they're totally outside of that as at the same time so yeah uh, there's something there's an intangible quality probably the same to like what made you throw away like (laughs) you know a a record after five seconds 
like I, I feel like you hone your ear enough to to recognize that there's something real going on um, as opposed to um, just uh, just kind of banging out a formula. Um, How did you find Brianna Kelly? So I'd seen um, Brianna Kelly, uh, you know, a couple times. Um, she plays out, you know, quite a bit. And then um, the first time that I really interacted with her with her music was um, I had uh, booked a show for a friend out of my uh, of mine out of Denver, and um, the ven like so I booked it at a, at a house venue, um, but the the venue itself was. Um, or like the the performing space, I should say, not the venue, the basement of a house, was um, pretty inaccessible for um, one of the artists who was performing that night. And so I I booked Brianna um, just out of the, you know, the brief encounters that I've seen her out playing. And so we actually moved the the show to my house, um, which I'd never had a show there before and probably won't since, but it was (laughs) um, not not because of like the night went like beautifully. but her, the same like kind of intimacy of like seeing her play like live in a living room, those same that same quality and that same trait um, of just kind of this closeness um, really translates into the tape and and really translates into the rec- recordings for this. And so um, after after that and after I booked her one more time um, for um, playing for an artist that I put out last year uh, who goes by the name Midwife. Um, I approached her and, and asked her if she, you know, had some songs and if she'd be interested in, in doing a tape for Why Did Sepulcher. And so the tape um, itself is actually a split with um, an old friend of mine from Salt Lake City um, named Skylar Hitchcox, who plays under the name Sympathy Pain. Um, and it's him and uh, the drummer for this hardcore band called Cult Leader, which is uh, they're on Death Wish Records with. Uh, Jacob Bannon from Converge's label. Um, was, I'm like a huge fanboy of like Converge and Jacob Bannon, <laughs> um, and so it's um, it's it's them and and that side of the split um, is a lot more drone based, kind of like a lot more based in kind of almost like a post rock quality, kind of like a lot of like tremolo guitars and uh, but without some kind of like the crescendo of like post rock. There's no like percussion um, and those two seem to um, inhabit a similar space where the songs sound very, very close and very immediate, almost as if you're like sitting outside of all the effects and all the pedals and all the processing that that, that, that music goes through. There's still very much like a core center where you feel like you could watch um, or you're there while they're strumming those chords. And, 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 you know, even at the, even as they, as they go through all the different pedals and processing and stuff like that, you're, you're, you're sitting there with the core elements of those songs. And so it just seems like a very natural pairing of those two kind of bridging in, in, in some ways, a very selfish way, um, kind of bookending two chapters of my life, um, where I was very, um, enamored and involved, um, in the experimental music community in Salt Lake city where I went to college and um, since relocating to Cincinnati, um, you know, almost a decade later, um, where I'm, I'm still very enamored and, and very much in love with um, the, this experimental music community that I, that I found in Cincinnati. So what brought you here? Um, so I was, uh, I was 
um, got my undergrad uh, from Salt Lake City, from University of Utah in Salt Lake City. I'm originally from Denver. And I um, I went into the Peace Corps um, in Swaziland, Africa with, with my wife. And then we had uh, we were applying for a, a grad grad school um, and we were mostly looking on like the East Coast, right? Big cities like Baltimore and New York and Philadelphia. And our Peace Corps director um, was Steve Driehaus, who is a former congressman from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And he's like, have you ever thought of Cincinnati? And I'm like, that city no. has never like, <laughs> uh, not crossed no, not my once. mind <laughs> as a place. <laughs> and he's like, well, you should check it out. And so we uh, applied here and um, – my wife uh, got a really great uh, scholarship to DAP, and I actually did not get into the University of Cincinnati. Um, and I, I I followed up and I emailed them, just like, hey, just wondering why I didn't get into the hey, just curious, Master's uh... in Social Work program. And they're like, oh, our bad. Um, there's a computer glitch, and all of your pre-scores were scored as a zero. Oh, and wow. so, like, our bad. Yeah, you actually got in. So, um, like, we had made the decision to move to Cincinnati, and then I got the then I got the You're message like... that I'm like, oh, uh, I guess I didn't get in. <laughs> like, um, to we've already like made this plan. You've already accepted, and so, but it, so it turned out that I I did, and um, graduated from um, the University of Cincinnati, and um, I got my master's in social work, and ended up getting a really fantastic job in um, the field of study that I, I wanted to work in, which was youth homelessness, um, which at that time, Cincinnati was one of three um, cities in the country that had a, a homeless shelter specifically for homeless youth ages 18 to 24, which is mm-hmm. exactly like my field of study and, and what I wanted to to go into. And so we've made a home here. That's awesome, man. I'm glad, so what, what glad your life's you, been what, so great. What yeah. made you think that? <laughs> what made you think you could uh, do a music blog and a record label? Based well, on the, the music blog came first. Um, yeah. and I'm I'm terrible at saying no. Yeah. Um, and so a friend had approached me. Um, actually, it was, it was this weird confluence of like two friends approaching me at the same time, saying you should start a record label. And um, who am I to say no? <laughs> and so I um, I started Why Did Sepulcher in like late 2015, put up my re- first record in 2016. Um, my first record was uh, by an artist who I uh, I knew in Salt Lake City named Braden Jay, who um, now lives in the Bay Area and is actually moving to Japan, um, which was – it's a really beautiful ambient record um, performed primarily on bass guitar, kind of similar to like Stars of the Lid or something like that. Oh, I've seen them. Stars of the Lid? Yeah. How was that? It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's funny that incredible. you said because I'm not. I'm. I'm. My, a really, yeah. a good friend of mine um, has a is is always been into experimental music and ambient music, and I I I'm really not. And but he's like, yeah, this band's coming to town, and actually, there was I don't even want to say it. <laughs> Go ahead. Of it's course, okay. it was in Asheville. <laughs> of course, it was. Of course, <laughs> but it was at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And they 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 were in front of uh and yeah mind blowing yeah so the that, whole place was vibrating oh my god it was awesome yeah so that's what I love about um like like ambient music is that um what can kind of be passed off as like background music when it is uh, presented in a way it can 
it actually, for me at least, and I think for other people as well, it demands the most attention um, because you're tuned into pure sound. There's not um, any sort of like performance, like aspect from the musicians themselves. Um, so you're completely tuned into the most minute kind of like tonal changes and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you had that Stars of the Lip. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Really a cool thing to see. So Braden sent me these songs um, that he'd been working on and um, said, you know, if you'd be interested, I'd love for you to put them out. I didn't have a label at the time. And I remember, um, this is going to give you the story of the of, of the name of Why Did Stuff Occur. Um, I was on a, I was running, I was on a run and I, I tend to listen to like ambient music when I run, um, cause I hate running. And so if I can, <laughs> so if I can mm-hmm. really kind of tune into something that's keeping my mind off of, um, like what the fact I, that you're running, yeah, the fact that I'm running <laughs> is, is really helpful. And so I was, I was running through uh, spring grove cemetery, um, which is a great place to run. I highly recommend it. And I was um, listening to this record and I was reminded of a, um, I was running past all these tombs and mausoleums and sepulchers, which is, you know, a kind of a freestanding tomb. Um, I was reminded of this verse that I heard as a, as a kid in, um, from the Bible, um, where Jesus like gives like this fire diss to like hypocrites. He says, you know, you're whited sepulchers on the outside, you're beautiful and painted white, but in the inside you're full of rotting flesh and dead man's bones and i was like that always stuck mm. with me i'm like always had a wow. turn of words yeah the Bible, like, damn, Bible yeah. <laughs> damn jesus like, <laughs> um and so i was i was running and, and i was i was listening to this um like really like ostensibly very beautiful record but i i, I kind of knew the backstory um of of what went into this record i knew that um during this time like was a really hard time for brayden um you know, like dealing with a, a lot of a lot of stuff that was going on, and the output was beautiful. And, and I kind of drew an analogy to ambient music itself, right? So you're not always aware of what the inputs are. What could be just a strum on a C chord, when put through like a million different processors and pedals and stuff, just becomes like this massive ocean of sound. So the the inputs are obscured, but the output is beautiful. And so I, I know a lot of a lot of friends and peers who use. Um, putting out ambient music as sort of a, a processing tool. So a, as a way to take all of these really negative emotions and turn them into something beautiful. And so I just, um, in that, in that moment, it was like this really beautiful connection that I was making between, you know, my, uh, my religious upbringing and my, um, like this a friend who was putting out this really beautiful music and this sort of genre of music that I've dedicated so many hours and, um, you know, so much time and attention to um, that it just seemed to click. That's an interesting, interesting way to, to come up with that name. Yeah. So, so what do we need to know about that style of music here in Cincinnati? And who do we listen for and educate us on that? Yeah. So, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a couple um, of uh, musicians here in Cincinnati who are, um, I think, really making some incredible ambient music um fritz pape of um who's i think now playing under his his own name but who plays under the name zine 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 um puts out really beautiful guitar based um ambient music um andrew elibon is another um like 
um, I'm a huge fan of, um, who puts out more like modular synthesizer music. Uh, Jennifer Simone, who's incredible, um, incorporates a lot of like uh, loop percussion, like percussive elements to kind of create this massive wall of sound that um, kind of like at its like peak just sort of like cancels everything else out and just kind of becomes like this living force. Uh, so Jennifer is great. Um, yeah, a lot of really great. Uh, it, Alex Cobb, who's actually like one of my really, really close friends and sort of mentor in um, the record label business. Um, he runs a label called Students of Decay, um, puts out music under his name, um, Alex Cobb, that is um, absolutely like top-notch um, stuff. This is super fascinating to me because I've been in the local music scene in this town for near 20 years, and I don't know a single name that you've just run <laughs> off. And so if, how do we find out more about this? I mean, obviously, on your, you're talking about these artists on your blog. Um, I, you know, I don't think I've really... Um, I put out a, a single of, of Fritz's on, on Helligator, and I've certainly talked a lot about Alex's um, records on my blog. Um, but this kind of music's happening... Um, uh, you know, on a weekly basis, uh, since where do you go? Uh, so I'm I'm based in Northside, um, and a, a lot of this um, music is kind of based in Northside, kind of between the Comet and the Listing Loon, and mm-hmm. um, you know some of those places. Um, Fritz Fritz actually did a clinic uh, downstairs on, mm-hmm. on the first floor here, uh, getting into now when he performs. How, how many pedals would you say that a bajillion? Uh, approximately a bajillion pedals, right around that. Yeah, and uh, and and uh, he pulled out a dry erase board and was drawing charts and arrows and all of this. Uh, That's one of my favorite things about um, about Fritz's music and and just about kind of his persona is that he really demystifies all of this um, and 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 shows in a very graphic way what's what the sound is doing and um, and I, I wish I could have. I've, could have made that um but i i saw clips on it um clips of it and yeah um really really great stuff yeah 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 that was a super cool clinic mm-hmm. so more information we can learn more about what you're doing and what you're up to at tome to the weather machine.com that's t-o-m-e to the weather machine.com or marissa tomei's dream machine <laughs> is yes some of it's going to be in what you said, in some home shows sometimes? Yeah, or? yeah. I mean, it's happening in DIY spaces and kind of these bar venues that are uh, open to more experimental eclectic music. Well, I am totally intrigued. It's not in my wheelhouse, and I want to learn more. So, yeah, tome to the weathermachine.com. Keep us posted on what's happening here in town and uh, let us know where to go see this kind of stuff and uh, enjoy it firsthand. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being here. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no. That's Anything upcoming soon that we need to go see? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I make a shameless plug. I, I play bass Please. in a band uh, called Sarn Helen, and we're playing a show on April 20th with uh, this really amazing band out of New Hampshire called uh, Headroom, and then um, Mar, who's a kind of a local Cincinnati favorite. Where, Where will is that, that be? be? That'll be at the Comet. Cool. All right. What's the date on that? Uh, 420. Excellent. All right, Ryan Hall of TomeTheWeatherMachine.com and Whited Sepulchre Records. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks again to Ryan Hall and also our musical guest, Joseph, on the sixth episode of Lost on the River from Herzog Studios. I want to say a big thing. Yeah, six now. Holy cow. Holy cow. These birthdays are just... Next, we're going to do seven. (laughs) 
That's, that, a, that's a little lofty. Yeah, I know. Well, every week it's like, can we do this again? And yeah. we can, thanks to our sponsors, the Thunderdome Restaurant Group, bringing you favorites like the Eagle, Maplewood Kitchen and Bar, Kruger's, and Bakersfield. Also, thanks to Otto's in Covington, and of course, Eli's Barbecue. Thanks to Clint Stevenson, our uh, engineer, our producer, Matt Spalding, and of course, our lovely musical intro and outro by All Seeing Eyes. Join us again next time on Lost on the River.